to Murray Olds, our correspondent in Sydney, and Happy New Year to you, mate. I hope you can have a good uh, thank party. Thank you, and to you. You're on a big night you. tonight, big night? No, 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 I'll be, I'm an old chap, I should be staying in. All right. Uh, very small, low-key, I don't want to go anywhere near with a great unwind, I should, I should be watching the fireworks from television. Oh, really? I, I won't even stay up for it, mate. I'll, I'll be, <laughs> you better there you go. Half past seven, probably. Uh, decisions at the National Cabinet meeting yesterday. Some interesting mm. comments from that. No kidding. Um, basically, what Scott Morrison has done, the Prime Minister has managed to wrangle a deal the, the leaders of the states and territories to redefine the rules around testing for COVID-19. Now, this happened on a day where Australia recorded more than 20,000 new cases. So a close contact is now someone who's in a household or uh, maybe a work colleague uh, with whom we spend four hours or more with a positive case. Close contacts and positives now have to isolate for seven days. Um, plus there's a new rule for testing people for COVID. Only those who meet the new definition of a close contact will be required to get a rapid antigen test. These are the rats that apparently no one can get because the government failed to buy them before it changed the rules. PCR tests, these are the more, uh, you know, uh, the more thorough testing uh, that's done, will only be needed for people with symptoms, uh, with priority groups like old folks, and close contacts who are positive to a rapid antigen test. So are you up to date with me now? Well, no one else yeah. is. No one else is. I mean, the Australian Medical Association has just torn into Morrison and the other political leaders saying they've put politics over health. They're having a bet on that Omicron is less deadly than Delta. They're letting it rip. But Morrison is saying this is a proportionate reset, quote unquote. He says it reflects the fact the strain of Omicron is not Delta. Now, that's what the Prime Minister is saying, and he says, I accept the health advice, which has been the convenient get-out-of-jail card ever since this thing began. So, n n uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, uh, the Prime Minister says, we can't lock people up. We have to keep the economy moving. Doctors are saying, well, you're, you're backing the wrong horse here, pal. Yeah, only a cynic would suggest it's an attempt to massage the numbers downwards. Correct. <laughs> that's right. Who can possibly say that? No. Well, wouldn't think about it. Uh, also, a bit of a swipe <laughs> from ScoMo at Western and Southern Australia, South Australia. That's right. The two states have also now said, guess what? We're going to mandate, we're going to make compulsory third shots or boosters. Now, both have, have said this is the case for the health workforce, but Western Australia has gone even further, mandating it's for aged care staff, for mine workers... <laughs> There's the economy again, stupid. And, of uh, of course, for quarantine staff. And McGowan, the, the West Australian Premier, has even foreshadowed a third jab will be eventually compulsory for sports fans who want to go to the football. Morrison is saying, well, it's completely wrong to suggest that people with two shots aren't fully vaccinated. So he wants a definition that suits his new rules Western Australia, the Hermit Kingdom over there, where they've only had a handful of, of cases right from the beginning, is still maintaining it can keep this thing out. Well, McGowan's in for a rude awakening, I suggest, and that's what doctors are saying. Uh, so far, nearly 4 million Australians eligible for their booster shots, and the rules have changed there as well, as you know, uh, and 2.3 million people have had it. And in Canberra, strangest town in the world... 
surely. Um, a fire <laughs> at the former, par- which is a, a funny place, a beautiful museum there, as I remember it, but the former oh, yeah. parliament building, a bit of a fire there. Well, yeah, I mean, more than a bit of a fire. I mean, they are uh, treating this as, and again, I'll quote the Prime Minister, an appalling attack on democracy. This is not Australia, quote, unquote. Um, The front doors indeed were set alight. The old, uh, it's an historic building. It uh, it was the home of the National Parliament for decades until the new one was built up the hill. Uh, And it's been the site of an Aboriginal protest for the last couple of three weeks. The fire broke out after a smoking ceremony uh, at the front doors of it. Now, demonstrations have been held for demanding uh, Indigenous sovereignty. Protesters, um, the week before Christmas, they had a peaceful sit-in. They occupied the place, which is it's currently occupied by the, the Museum for Australian Democracy. Well, they said, well, we've had enough of this. The protesters were moved out. They closed the doors. And this is all about uh, leading up to next year's 50th anniversary of the Aboriginal Tent Embassy that was set up outside the old Parliament House uh, way back in 1972. 50 years. Crazy, huh? It's gone so quickly. All right. Well, look, thanks so much for that and for everything over the course of the year. I wish you a great new year and we'll talk to you on the other side. Best wishes and thanks, and the same to you and all the ones you love and all the listeners. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Murray Alter, correspondent in Sydney.